Listener-supported KFUO, we are the messenger of good news. I'm Gary Duncan. This is the Midday Moments program. It's time now for our Moment of Faith with Pastor Doug Nicely of Jerusalem Lutheran Church in Collinsville, Illinois. Hi, Doug. Hi, Gary. God bless you today, and um, hope and pray we can uh, get through this week uh, in a pretty good fashion, considering all the other problems that are going on in the world around us. Yeah, that's so <laughs> true. We have a house full of uh, people with COVID, so I'm working from home today. So oh, golly. Uh, we'll get through it. What's on your mind for today? Well, today I'm talking about epiphany, which is a very nice word for this season of the year. But it can be a confusing word to some, so I want to give some clarification on what the word's supposed to mean and give you an epiphany hymn for us to think about. Okay, sounds great. Sound good? Yeah. Okay. Um, Let me start out by explaining. A week or so ago, I was at the same place. I uh, was at a chapel service uh, for some children in a Christian school at the Unity Lutheran School in East St. Louis, and I don't get a chance to do services for children that often anymore. So what a joy that was. And uh, specifically there, I was doing what I'm doing with you today. We talked about epiphany. And uh, and it's, it, it can be seen as a fancy theological word. Actually, it's a Greek word. But I explained uh, that this is a word that we could describe as a revelation from God. In the Old Testament, when someone heard a voice from heaven or saw a miracle happen, they built an altar where people could remember what God had done and sing his praises there. In the New Testament, we learn that God's surprises, that's another way of saying epiphany, I like that word better, are much more frequent than waiting for us to hear voices from heaven since the Holy Spirit has come to reveal God's presence among us. These are epiphanies. So I asked the students what an epiphany would be to them. And several of the students replied, Jesus died for our sins. That certainly is an epiphany, a surprise to us, coming totally from God's grace. thought it was kind of interesting, though, that over and over again, the answer was Jesus died for our sins. Sounds like something that um, they've heard a little bit about in in their school over the years. Yeah, and I know my brother used to tell me that, uh, you know, if the pastor asks you a question, most likely the answer is Jesus. (laughs) That's right, especially when it comes to children's sermons. (laughs) So there you go. It could have been that as well. Go on. It could have been. All right. Well, the Epiphany season has much to remind us about how God has made a surprise happen to us when he sent his son, Jesus, in human flesh and blood to save us from our sins. Two weeks ago, we heard about the wise men, astrologers from the area once known as Babylon. How was could that we describe somebody who was following stars and had gotten a message from the stars? They came to Jerusalem asking, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? I saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. That's amazing considering that they knew what was going on and everybody in Jerusalem and Judea did not. That's an amazing story all by itself. Uh, A week ago, we heard about Jesus being baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist. When Jesus came up out of the water, we heard the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. Once again, a voice from heaven. Then last Sunday, we heard about Jesus changing water into wine at a wedding at Cana in Galilee. The master of the feast then replied to the bridegroom, everyone serves good wine first. And when the people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. All of these stories 
Pavel, what does this mean, connection to them? It's interesting how some preachers have made the connection for us, and I guess that's kind of like what us preachers are supposed to do, <laughs> to explain what does this mean. Well, there's a hymn that tries to do the same thing, and it was written by a preacher. His name was Christopher Wordsworth. He was the ne- nephew of the famous poet William Wordsworth. I'm wondering if he was also related or if this famous poet was the same William Wordsworth we know as being uh, the abolitionist champion in uh, the uh, British Parliament. But at any rate, they they quoted this poet, William Wordsworth, here. Uh, Well, Christopher wrote a hymn that makes the connection between these great Bible stories and how they apply their epiphanies to our daily lives. There are a couple verses from Christopher's classic hymn. Songs of thankfulness and praise. Jesus, Lord, to you we raise, manifested by the star, to the magi from afar, branch of royal David's stem, in your birth at Bethlehem, anthems be to you addressed, God in man made manifest. Manifest in Jordan's stream, prophet, priest, and king supreme, and at Cana wedding guest, in your Godhead manifest. Manifest in power divine, changing water into wine, anthems be to you addressed, God in man made manifest. Well, Christopher wanted his hymns to teach about Jesus and to call those who sang them to praise him, to praise Jesus. This hymn, for instance, succinctly surveys Christ's early ministry, which we would call Epiphany, because that's the readings we have, from birth to baptism, from his first miracle to his temptation in the wilderness. But as it teaches us about the person of Christ, it also calls us to give him praise. And so um, we will be epiphanying, if you like the term, uh, in the Sunday readings until the end of February this year. And uh, here is one more verse from Christopher Wordsworth to teach us what this season can do for us. This is kind of a summary of the whole season. Grant us grace to see you, Lord, mirrored in your holy word. May our lives and all we do imitate and honor you, that we all like you may be at your great epiphany, and may praise you ever blessed, God in man made manifest. Well, at the end of this season, the Epiphany season, we don't so much build an altar as they did in the Old Testament as we can sing God's praises. And here's a song you'd remember that we could sing at that time or any time. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. There's a familiar song yeah. uh, that can summarize uh, what is being taught to us as we take a look at God's epiphanies. All right. Can you lead us okay. in prayer? Okay, let's do that. Lord, thank you for revealing who you are and how you have given the world 
your salvation through Jesus Christ, your Son and our Lord. May we continue to sing your praises until Jesus returns to bring all your saints to live with you forever. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Doug. You're welcome, Gary. Now, next week, uh, we're going to take a look at what we would call a contemporary hymn. I say that uh, I say that kind of jokingly yeah. because <laughs> because this 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 quote contemporary hymn is probably about thirty or forty years old now. Okay. <laughs> but it takes a while for a, a for a quote new hymn to stand the test of time and make it into our hymnals. Right. Well, here's here's one of them. And it's one that I'm sure you know. Amy Grant's song, Thy Word is a Lamp Into My Feet and a Light Into My Path. I'm familiar with that. That's the plan for next week. Okay, sounds good. All right. We are listener-supported KFUO, the messenger of good news, AM850 here in the St. Louis region.